0: I will always stop people whenever they say, "Oh yeah, we tried. They tried the artist thing. They they just didn't end up working out." Cause I'm like, "What does that mean? They didn't hit millions of streams on Spotify. Yeah. They didn't go to radio. That like, what are we measuring here? What if they're so happy putting out artist mm-hmm. uh, music?"
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Today's guest is one of my first friends I made in LA. We met through a mutual friend and we just kind of always stayed in touch. Um, something really special about our friendship is that we've been able to be friends in and out of the studio. And I think that's really hard to come by these days. And so, yeah, I'm super happy that he was able to come onto the podcast. Isaac Valenzuela is a producer songwriter who has worked with Lil Yachty, Alessia de Gasprìs, which was formerly known as Kai, Audrey Nuna, Louis the Child, Julia Michaels, Nikki, August08, Ufi, plus many more. I mean, what a roster. He's really freaking cool. You'll see. One of the reoccurring themes in this episode was self-acceptance coming to terms with who you are and what you would like to create. And I think that that was something really important to talk about during an episode like this, where all we're kind of touching upon is the music industry and you know, Spotify and Numbers and all these different things. And I think he really touched upon something important, self-acceptance, doing things from the heart. And I just can't wait for you guys to hear this. Isaac is a force to be reckoned with. If you're an artist, a songwriter, a producer, that is wanting to know more about the music industry. If you want to learn about publishing, royalties, more about the inside world of music, you really need to listen to this episode. We dive into some of the nitty-gritty details about the music industry, the ins and outs of what it's like to be an artist in today's day and age, if you will. He recently released his EP, Rediscovery, and is looking forward to continuously learn and make art that comes from the heart. I can't wait for you to hear this story. Without further ado, my friend, Isaac Valenzuela. Hello! I'm so happy to have you here.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> the amazing Isaac Valenzuela.
0: Ooh, sounds nice.
1: <laughs> how are you?
0: I'm good. It's funny because we just talked, yeah. unfiltered, yeah, and now we're going to share things to the public.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I feel good.
1: Yeah. Should we tell people how we met? We met sure yeah in LA obviously yeah about wow four years ago now yeah through a mutual friend Mm -hmm. and always just stay in touch right yeah we've written songs together yep we've gone to writing camps together Mm -hmm. we've had really funny moments funny (laughs) moments
0: yeah just all around great friendship Yeah. yeah 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 you're definitely like one of the very few people that uh i could have a good friendship with that i do music with because it's not always synonymous i feel like a lot of pe- times like uh coming to la we all feel like it's gonna be the same but yeah there's some people that you're just like you'll see them out and be like hey how are you and that's it
1: yeah outside or the studio life or yeah or sometimes yeah exactly you can't mix sometimes a friendship with the professional yeah but luckily we've been able to do so. Yeah, all these totally. Years. Yeah. Totally. So do you want to tell people how you got into producing and writing and being an artist?
0: Yeah. Where
1: did it start for you?
0: Oh, okay. Well, the condensed version is that when I was little, um I was always like really I don't want to say obsessed cuz it's a bad word, but I was like extremely passionate about music and like at family gatherings or like anytime there was like a school talent show or something I always wanted to do something that had to do either with music or performing music like I was in uh, the musicals in high school and I loved doing uh, performances like singing in middle school now in, al- in elementary school and then when I was about 11 is when I wanted to become an artist like I would see it on MTV and I would hear about it uh like what that life was like and it just sounded so cool just like to be able to do music and then at the time like part of my ego wanted me to be like famous and be known and uh but the music was always like the core of it it was like okay I want to do that every day and I was always drawn like to the art. So when I was 11, I would be in like my parents' house, like in the basement, and I would like record demos, like (laughs) with this like really bad mic and these like tracks that I found online. And I would imagine myself in the studio. And I would also visualize people like reacting at a concert and then I would create my own like covers I would create like I would get my mom to like film me like a like music video style
1: yeah
0: I had like the right idea since I was 11 and then from there it's like I just had this feeling like this is what I want to do so from 11 to like 13 14 I was just making songs at home for fun not really showing many people and then 14 I went like to the first like semi-professional studio near my house that opened and then I wanted to record demos there and that's when I was like you know what I want to do this like as a profession and that was really the beginning of the journey.
1: Wow yeah and when you were still home Mm -hmm. were you also writing and recording other people?
0: Yeah so yeah I guess after that like I was in a band, so I learned how to record myself and like help record the band. Then I met uh, one of my best friends that is now a producer, writer, uh, artist, Imad, Imad Royal. Uh, when I met him, we started a band and then we started making productions together at like 15, 16. We would study like Max Martin, Dr. Luke. Like, we mm-hmm. love Teenage Dream. We we're like, we gotta make music like mm-hmm. this. And we learned how to use like Pro Tools and like all these like softwares that got you the results that we heard on the radio. And then I practiced on people back home. I would like see like, I would post like on Facebook, like who's who's a singer, who's a songwriter? And then I would invite them over to my house and we would do demos, obviously at first for free. yeah. And then someone told me, hey, you should probably charge people like for your time. And also it's like, the better you get, you can actually make this profession. And I didn't really know too much about the actual industry, but I knew that you could make money from it. And I thought that that was like one of the main ways, like to record people in your house and like produce and mix it and make the track. And then they paid you. And then that was it. I didn't really know about like royalties and like all of like the actual money that goes into big pop records.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or the actual like business that's behind every single song is it's not just the royalties, it's the publishing
0: exactly, which
1: we talked about earlier,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and so much more goes into it than Mm -hmm. just writing and recording the song or the talent part of it is like a very small part of what actually gets released.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot, and moving to LA, I've learned a lot, especially being signed to publishing. I've learned. A lot and I was actually joking with um, some artists and writers the other day in the studio that for the majority of people that sign anything even if it's like a record deal or like publishing deal most people don't really know what they're signing and there's no like orientation you're just kind of like you sign and you think that this is the beginning of like a solid career But the reality is, like, when I signed, I was, like, excited. But then, like, a week or two later, I was like, so what do I do now? I was like, "Yeah, what do I – like, do I hit people up? Do they hit me up? Am I going to be, like, on a schedule for stuff? Like, you kind of just learn it through the experience and, like, doing it. And then you learn all the little nuances that come with it. But, yeah, I feel like the majority – of us especially the people I've talked to like we're not prepared for those things unless you wait which if you wait and you have the experience to sign certain contracts or deals you at least like know a little better of what you're getting yourself into
1: so now that you hinted at it a little bit when you did move to LA you were how old and how did you get signed did you just get signed the minute you landed in LA or did you have to meet people and what was that process like since you said there really is no orientation for that. So how did you even get included in that? And how did you deal with that? What was that process like for you?
0: That feels like a movie when I think about it, because I moved to LA in 2015 for the first time with my friends, with Blaze and Ahmad. And Ahmad had a situation going on. He had his deal. Blaze was working out something. I was just kind of observing making my own music but I didn't like want to just piggyback off of what they were doing so I wanted to create my own opportunity and so I went back home after living here for like three or four months and I started working on my artist project so my intention was always to be an artist in LA and when I was back home I you know was working on the artwork getting the mix done really well making sure the song was really good and When I put it out, a few of my friends that already had industry connections shared it, and I started getting emails from record labels, publishing companies, managers. So I was like, whoa. But a lot of them were like, hey, we're in LA. Are you here? Do you want to get a coffee? And I was not. So I had to wait and go to LA to meet a lot of them because a phone call doesn't really do just like me. the best yeah it's not the best like introduction although I had a few phone calls but most of them I, I met in person and the way that I signed my publishing deal was was really weird like a lot of like labels and publishers that emailed me had their tags in the bottom like you would see who it is so-and-so records or A&R da 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 managers yeah. worked with like, this one guy emailed me and I think he was just interning for this publishing company he was like, hey, I really love your song that I literally just put out on SoundCloud. Um, Do you have any more music? And so I sent him another song. He was like, wow, this is really good. He was like, I'd love to meet you. I work at this publishing company. Um, are you published? Do you want to talk? And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. So random. Mm-hmm. It was at a Gmail. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like real or anything. And so I didn't respond. And like 10 days later, Imad was like, yo, you should probably reply to that. And I was like, but it looks so fake. Whatever. I ended up replying. I was like, what can I lose from this? I reply and I'm like, hey, I'm not published. I'd love to meet. I'll be in LA. At that time, I had finally planned to move. I was like, I'll be there in like a month. I literally land. And I think the day after, he comes over to Imad and Blaze's house that I was staying at. And I play him records. He's like, these are great. Is it okay if I show them to my uh, boss at the time? I was like, sure. And then I get a call like a week or two later that his boss, which is uh, a publisher's name is Ben Madahi, wanted to meet me. Like people were saying, yo, he wants to meet you. And Ben Madahi, for those that don't know, was the president of APG, which is one of the top publishing Mm -hmm. companies for 10 years and he had a hand in massive songs like wild ones and a lot of charlie pooth records Flowrider, rider other flow songs jason derulo uh see you again um which i think is like the number one like youtube song or something yeah that's crazy yeah so very successful great like year mentor that he's been but yeah and that's how that happened but again it's not like what people see in movies like we still have to like talking work for months before he even offered me a deal and even after he offered me the deal all that paperwork took like a few months too mm-hmm. because it's just it's a process it's not like I do know back home like my friends think it's like a oh you just sign like they see you or they hear you and you just sign right there and then you deal with the consequences like no I'm grateful that the lawyers that I'm still working with that worked that deal out um handled like a fair situation for both of us
1: yeah that's really important I mean like you said for people that don't know what signing to a publisher is maybe you should explain a little bit about that but before you do it is really important to always read the fine print always get someone to look over the contracts because you really never know what you're signing away especially if you're new to the city or if you're new to the business or the industry if you're young also it could be something that maybe unfortunately someone could take advantage of so yeah just a little disclaimer always read the fine print
0: (laughs) totally and and you know read it yourself for sure and ask as many questions to the lawyer helping you ask as many questions so you are fully aware because one thing that I had to learn was that If you don't ask them, they're just going to either assume that you don't know or they're just going to do what they feel is best for you. And the most important that I always tell people, don't sign anything without a lawyer, like anything at all. Even if someone hands you like two sentences with a little line in the bottom, do not sign it.
1: (laughs) So what for what we were saying, for people that don't know what signing to a publisher is, Mm, what can you explain a little bit about that for them?
0: So I'm still kind of like... Figuring it out? (laughs) Yeah, I'm still like... Because I feel like every situation is different. Um,
1: And And it keeps changing, really. It keeps
0: changing, exactly. For my situation, I guess the term is like, I'm signed to a boutique or like a JV, which is now not a part of the bigger company because that company ended up selling. So I was signed with the parent was Songs, Songs sold to Cobalt. So my deal is technically with like a, with Cobalt, but then Ben, um, but I'm signed to Ben. But it looks different for everybody because it depends on your publisher or what they're doing with you. But publishing, at least from my experience, what my publisher has done for me is he set me up with a lot of artists uh, that are in like the major space. Um, And also independent, Uh, he set me up with writers and producers that have helped me create songs to also get to like major people. And um, he's connected me with people that I wouldn't be able to connect to if I wasn't signed to him, like just even like some of the artists that I still work with today, like really big artists that. I've gotten a chance to work with is because of him like he's put me in the room so the publishing is because it's a co-publishing he takes like that piece and I still don't fully understand all of that but on a creative like slash business mold it's just like he's setting me up so that I can work with people at an opportunity that I would not have had without signing to him
1: yeah that's a really good description i feel like and like you said every deal is different yeah exactly. and the industry has changed mm-hmm. a lot um mm-hmm. from the beginning moments of what a publishing deal was because now with tiktok and with yeah. social media with like instagram and everything that we have at our hands it also has changed a lot
0: yeah totally because you can
1: reach so many more people now yeah. with social media rather than just one person who quote unquote like takes a chance on you right to help you and now it's very different but it's i think still pretty helpful like i still think it's something that can give you a foot in the door somewhere that you wouldn't have been otherwise especially with people that have already been in the industry for a long time know a lot of people know what to do with your kind of style. That's really important too. Like getting signed to someone that actually understands the kind of artist and writer or producer you are. If you get signed to someone that doesn't understand that, I feel like it really could cause a lot of friction, like a lot of misunderstanding.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people sign and it's a massive learning lesson if they sign too early. And I always tell like, my independent artist friends, or even like producers and songwriters that I know that are not published, that it's not just like to have this like check up front and then have the connections. It's like understanding if both parties are mutually beneficial, because it works out better for the business in the long run. Like some artists feel that, like I have a lot of friends back home that are artists, independent artists, that want to sign to a major. And I always ask them why, because if they feel like it's just like the ticket to stardom. It can be, but most time it's not what they think. It's not like you sign and then you're automatically on the radio. There's so many other steps that you learn along the way, but that's why I always say like, if you build your brand or build up the experience to understand what you're fully signing, It's better for both parties because then labels can do more with you or publishers can do do more with you. And then you feel more confident about what you're doing business-wise too with them.
1: Yeah. And also it is like we eliminated this part of what the publishing deal is, but it really is an advance. Like someone's giving you a certain amount of money Mm -hmm. in your pocket as an advance and then you as the artist as the talent that is signed needs to recoup that advance that you were given so it's not like you just get this money and it's all yours forever and you're good it's like the money is yours and then you need to pay it back once you start making records that can pay that yeah so it is it is like it's a business deal that's why it's really important like isaac is saying um which you and i have spoken about this for so many years about how it's changed and how we can keep learning from each other. But it is very true. It's very important to redefine print and know the deal that you're making because you have to be responsible for that deal.
0: Totally. My parents, it's so funny because, you know, society is very used to like salary based situations or um, if you have uh, like, okay, a job here, you're going to get paid X amount because you're working this So when I told them about this, they thought, oh, this is what you get a year or this is the money you get. And it's still like a little tough to explain like the advance I get gets recouped, like meaning like paid back because of the records I do through the publishing side. And that's a whole system of its own aside from because I'm a producer on the master's side. Yeah. Because those royalties are different and it's like it's it's very hard to mm-hmm. explain, which again is why I say like getting as much experience however people can before inking anything, I feel like is very, very crucial.
1: Once you signed, mm-hmm. once you had this publishing deal and you were, I'm sure, super happy and excited mm-hmm. to be in LA, newly in LA and having this amazing opportunity what was the first, I guess, gig or session you had that you were like, wow, this is incredible. (laughs) Because I know you've you've shared with me, you've worked with incredible people, like your roster is insane. So what was that like, that moment where you realized you were in a room with someone that you were really grateful to be in a room with?
0: Man, that, to be very honest, I feel like I'd never really slowed down to be grateful for that. Like I didn't, have that pinch me moment because I kind of felt like that's what was supposed to happen Mm. since signing like someone that I did I I was like whoa this is crazy that I'm here was definitely Dark Child like when Mm -hmm. I worked with uh, Dark Child and seeing the first of all his house is stunning but when I saw the Michael Jackson plaque I was like wow like you've been here through like literally all these years of music, and you're still cranking out really big songs. Like, he did um, her, I forget what the record's called, um, something place, it's a big song, but yeah, he did, he produced that. So, it's like if going from Michael Jackson to her, like that's a, what a career, but yeah, being there, I was like, oh my god, and that was also Ben, he set that up and he also took me there, yeah, oh, and then also. I will say this was a, oh my God moment, which I don't know if I've told you, but basically Ben Madahi saw Kanye West at the airport and he sent, uh, Ben sent Kanye a few of my beats and supposedly Kanye liked them.
1: What? That's incredible.
0: Yeah. And that was a moment where I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But again, I don't feel like I really stopped to take it all in because... I feel like once you're like in it and going, like in the journey, (laughs) um, for me, like I was like, oh, I'm not slowing down to appreciate it. It was more so how can I get there? How can I make my moment happen? I didn't realize that it was happening. I was looking at the next opportunity to be like the thing when... I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people in my position that wish they could work with the artists I'm working with, or like that have the songs that, you know, that they wish they had that I'm working on currently.
1: Yeah. That's incredible. I also remember, I mean, this is like my personal favorite because, you know, I have like an amazing, like, yeah career crush on julia yeah, michaels yeah. i think she's incredible but when you worked with julia michaels like, yeah that was i remember saying because all... we had talked about before you went into the session with her which we didn't even know you had a session with yeah. her isaac and i were hanging out at my house and i remember being like the ultimate uh <laughs> session would be julia michaels yeah and then a week later you call me You're like drea <laughs> yeah you're gonna kill me because you yeah. weren't there but I worked with Julia Michaels. So yeah. That also, I'm sure, was incredible, being able to be in a room with her and seeing how she writes a song.
0: Yeah, she's so fast, and she has so much fun doing it, even though a lot of the content of the song that she wrote uh, in the room with me and uh, Roger and Justin Tranter was very um, therapeutic for her. I, she still had fun, which I was like, whoa, it's not like so serious. like. There was still, like, some fun to it, um, which I really appreciated experiencing that with uh, someone as successful as her. Um, yeah, I remember I was, like, so stoked to play the demo. I was like, I'm going to play it for you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, like, with her, that was, that was a big lesson for me in asking for what I wanted. Because, because my, my, my publisher was like, you got to tell me, like, what you want. I'm here for you. So if you don't tell me, I'm not going to know. And my manager at the time said the same thing. And so I literally, I I could show you the email. I literally was like, it was just one sentence. I was like, I want to work with Julia Michaels. I knew he had relationships with her manager. And it happened like two weeks later. Um, Incredible. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that.
1: And when, I mean, when you moved to LA, you said that you had in your mind to be an artist. But then you started getting into producing more yeah. and writing, being in the in the rooms with writers. And me being one of them. And I remember going to the writing camp with you. Which yeah. You went to Big Bear with a bunch of really cool and talented other writers and producers. And basically for writing camps for people that don't know, you go to a place for a designated time, like a few days, and you kind of just write the entire time and you come out with, I don't know, like 20 songs <laughs> and it's amazing because you get to write with incredible people and you're all there dedicated to do one thing which is produce write create um but i remember there was that moment in the writing camp where we talked about you possibly becoming an artist like like doing your artist stuff
0: whoa i'm I, getting chills Do you not Did remember?
1: yeah whoa yeah i remember that that was probably in 2018 that was 2018, yeah. but you just released some new music yourself as I Lyons. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That's been like the best slash scariest thing ever. But when I moved to LA, I moved to be an artist. And I thought about it very logically in terms of how I was going to survive here. Um, and I wish that the audio had air quotes, but I'm putting air quotes (laughs) survive because that's really how I felt it. Like I felt like, okay, I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to do whatever I can to survive until I reach a certain amount of money or a certain amount of notoriety or connections. And then I'm going to be an artist. Um, But then I met incredible artists that was like, you sing way better than me. You write way better than me you look way better than me, you have a better like personality, all air quotes. And so I was really like self-conscious of my stuff. So eventually I stopped playing my own artist music for people in rooms. And I said, hey, I'm Isaac Valenzuela, I'm a producer. When I signed publishing, I still had the idea in my mind of, okay, this is gonna help me build my artistry, but I'm really good at producing for people. So I'm gonna do that for money. And then when I have enough, I'm going to then go with artistry. It did not happen like that. It was like, I got sucked into learning how to really produce really, really well. Um, cause I was humbled by incredible producers. Uh, my first like few months being signed to publishing and then the things that discouraged me was like I was showing people that I was working with on the executive side, my artist stuff. And they kind of like didn't really react. And I was self-conscious. So I was like, I'm not good. So I was like, I think I'm just going to be a producer. And then four years passed, five years passed. This is a very like big part of my, uh, journey was that my publisher put me and, Kai now known as Alessia in an email saying hey you guys should meet I feel like you guys can make great music together and at the time you know I knew of Kai because it'd never be like you one of my favorite songs of all time one of the
1: best songs yeah
0: right and then all the uh, music she did with like Skrillex and Diplo and I was like wow this is like insane like but then I was thinking very logically I was like I don't have any electronic tracks I'm not like an electronic producer and By that time, I had completely forgot about artistry. I was just fully producer. We kept doing this song and dance, trying to meet up. But in my head, I was like, why would she want to meet me other than the fact that Ben is co-signing for me? Because who am I compared to the people she's worked with? Again, very logical.
1: Don't we all do this to ourselves? Why (laughs) do we do this to ourselves? (laughs) Because you're so qualified, (laughs) but okay. And so I'm like, okay.
0: We're emailing. Then she goes, can we just text? It's easier. I was like, okay. Hey, what are you doing next week? I'm not in town. Then she texts me two weeks later. She goes, hey, what are you doing this week? I'm like, I'm not in town. We keep missing each other playing phone tag. And then one day we finally meet. And I remember she played me music. And at first I was very confused because it was not electronic at all. And I was like, whoa. But I really liked it. I was like, whoa, this is really dope. And if anything, it really fits with the music I was doing. Mm -hmm. We talked, we connected on a human level. Then we started to become like really, really close friends. And then we started working on music. And actually the, the first tracks we started working on were fully through iMessage. Wow. I sent her music parts. She would send me back the like laptop recordings she does through iMessage and then she would send me lyrics and then we'd go back and forth through iMessage. It wasn't like two months or three months uh, till we like got in the studio properly and then worked together. But she's been a huge part of my journey in terms of my like rediscovery of my artistry because working with her, she's allowed me to be fully myself where a lot of the times in all these sessions, I was strictly a vessel in always to whatever artist I'm working with or to whatever writer I'm working with. And to me, I didn't re- realize it those four years that I kind of pretty much gave up on being an artist that I need that component of I need my sound. I need my voice, like, and not just like literally like me singing, but like my voice in terms of like my palate, my tones, like my decisions musically. And so working with her opened up that door. We both, the way we create our synergy is very free flowing. We started to realize, wow, we are so ourselves, but we make great music that does resonate it goes against a lot of what we have experienced within the industry which is what's hot on the radio right now let's do that
1: yeah
0: or what is everybody else doing what is what sounds are everybody using what is what are people talking about so then i co-executive produced her first solo ep as kai then through quarantine she had her rediscovery self-discovery which is. Now she goes by Alessia DeGasperis. We had a bachelor bet where, or a bachelorette bet,
1: hmm. where
0: if her person won that she thought would win, I had to put something out as an artist. And if mine won that I wouldn't. And, wow, that's cool. And her person won. Yeah. And I was terrified. I remember like those days, like I felt like throwing up constantly throughout the day. I was like sweating. I kept thinking like, what are people going to think about me? Am I going to be one of those like, producers, songwriters that has an artist thing, like, and then I remembered, like, that's what I moved to LA for, and in my head, ironically, I was like, who cares, like, if it, like, if it's not, um, like, the most successful, because there's always, like, this pressure that, like, if you're something, especially in a creative field, if you're not, like, the most successful, then you fail, so I was, didn't want to be embarrassed, I was scared to look like a failure, especially to people back home, So I said, you know what? I'm just gonna do this for fun. Like I am going to channel my artist energy, make songs, do it for fun. And Alessia was a really big support. She helped me on two of the songs. I released an EP and really wild enough. After I put it out, I remember like two nights before I kept waking up like in like sweating. I was having panic attacks. I was like, this is so vulnerable. Like, I can't believe this. I'm a producer. Like I feel like a fraud. I ended up having like the wildest opportunity. Certain people were contacting me to work with like certain artists or certain artists were like, hey, I want to work with you. And I was like, really? Even after all these other people that I feel like logically make more sense, I'm not even like a big artist. I have like 80 followers on Spotify, but you want to work with me because of my music and not because of the bigger stuff I've worked on? Incredible. And I know it doesn't make sense, but that's. Been... No, it makes
1: sense. He's being, <laughs> he's being modest, but Isaac is one of the best producers I've ever oh, worked no. with. So I definitely see where this is coming from. Thank you. <laughs>
0: I, I it, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the weird thing is the industry makes you feel like you have to do things a certain way. And then if you don't do them that way, then they're going to shelve you or yeah. it's not going to work or too bad, so sad, good luck. And I feel like it's a balance. I had this conversation with another producer friend earlier today. It's a balance of being yourself, but also knowing like certain dues you have to pay and certain things you have to like suck up and Mm -hmm. like have to like go through, right? But it's been incredible, like releasing my own music and just channeling my artist energy has brought incredible opportunities, which I'll tell you after this. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think my biggest opportunity to date happened because of my artist project I I feel better producing for other artists too ironically because I that was another fear I didn't want artists to look at me like oh is he gonna think he's the artist in the room is he gonna want to do a feature with me and I just thought all these thoughts and I'm like no I just want to be the best so I can help you like I want to be the best me so I can help you be the best you
1: and it's crazy that that really aligns with like how you should think about your life. You know, like you can't be a good person to other people until you're good to yourself. And everyone says that, right? Self-love, especially Mm -hmm. after a breakup, everyone's like, you got to love yourself first before you find someone, you know? And it's the same thing. It's like, you got to love your art before you can make art for someone else. And I think you also, of all people are like, you know, you've always wanted to do this. And like putting that fear aside, Also helps you grow so much so that you know what works, what doesn't work, what makes you feel good, what doesn't make you feel good. And it can only go up from there. You know, like, if anything, if it goes badly, then you know that that's not what people want to hear. It's not maybe what you want to put out. It just is like, it it can't go wrong. You know, you really just learn from whatever happens with your releases.
0: Exactly. I think that was one of the biggest things that I had to tell myself. It's like the failures. It's kind of like loving the failures. Yeah in like being more than okay, because I've seen this pattern in the industry. It's so sad because creativity is endless and creativity and especially music is an outlet for a lot of artists and writers. And it's so sad whenever you hear someone say, oh, we tried that with this artist and they just didn't work. For me, I'm like, you're treating them like they're like an item or like some object that, oh, it didn't work i'm like that's a human like they have their own stories and they have their own life journey maybe it didn't work for you maybe that didn't that partnership didn't line up but i will always stop people whenever they say oh yeah we tried they tried the artist thing they, they just didn't end up working out because i'm like what does that mean they didn't hit millions of streams on spotify yeah. they didn't go to radio that like what are we measuring here what if they're so happy putting out artists? Uh, music like
1: yeah and also there's a place for everyone
0: yeah with everything
1: and not even just music like there's a place for everyone the amount of people i've interviewed for this podcast that they do the most amazing incredible things things i never would have thought of with their art it's like there is a space for every single person i agree i think we've also talked about this a lot where as an artist you almost sometimes get discouraged because you're like you know that the people in the room are looking for the numbers. People in the mm. room are looking for, like you said, what's hot, what's not, mm-hmm. what's on the list, what's not on the list. And like sometimes you just want to write about something that makes you really happy or makes you really sad and you really want to say something about it. And so you just write that song. And I actually realized this with my recent release with What's the Point? What's the Point is a song that's very different than anything I've really released in the past few years but it's something that I really wanted to say at the time and instead of people being like "Mm, I don't get it everyone was like wow how cool you know and I think those things those little instances are the things that you realize like oh wow it's not like maybe you know in my head I'm thinking something but it's not really the reality.
0: Right exactly yeah I feel with my music It's interesting, the reactions I've gotten. I've gotten a lot of support, which I'm grateful for. And I've gotten like the wildest messages, like people saying that even me just doing it has inspired them to pursue their artistry or even to do something, like even people that don't do music, they're like, no, I'm gonna chase my dream job. I'm like, yeah, go do it. And to me, that has felt so amazing. And it's a different feeling Than when like a song that I made hit like 20, 30 million streams or whatever, which again is amazing because you're like, wow, it's validating. But but there's a difference. And I feel like, like you said, like there's a place for everyone and everything. And it might not look exactly like what we think it is. But I feel like if you're really tapped into your own self, like it could end up being what you feel it is because i feel like the feeling most of the time in my experience guide me to the things and the doors that feel better for me to open than the things i think about and try to force
1: oh yeah <laughs> Well, we were talking about before you know some people quit right before they make it right you know and when we say make it i know i hope <laughs> people think or realize that it's not like you make it it's just that you get the opportunity you've always wanted to Get or you get to that place when you've always wanted to get to, or whatever it is that you really like, feel like, whatever goal it is, that's what I mean by make it. But people sometimes quit right before they get to that thing that they've always yeah. wanted because it doesn't look right or it didn't mm-hmm. get the most plays that you wanted. And speaking strictly about music right now, like it didn't get the plays, it didn't get the views, it didn't get the likes, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Imagine if, like, the person who is trying to cure cancer after one try, is like, eh, it didn't work. Right. Like, (laughs) are you serious? Right. You know, we have, you have to keep trying. Yeah. yeah. There has to be a way, there has to be a cure, like, let's keep going. And it's kind of the same thing with like trial and error with everything you do. Yeah. With everything, if you have a song, if you're a podcaster, if you are a pottery maker, if you are a guitarist, whatever it is, like a filmmaker, you just kind of keep trying because you really never know what can be the thing that, Changes your life.
0: Totally. And this is one of the reasons why I love the name of podcast, The Journey of Pursue, because it really is a journey. And when I moved to L.A., I thought about the concept of a journey really cerebral, but it's not until I did it and I took the actions and I experienced what I experienced that now – I feel it more in my body that it is a true journey. It's not like number one hit, it's over, millions of dollars, it's over, fame, it's over, big song, it's over, whatever. It's like you look at all these people, like I've seen people with really big success and I've talked to them and a lot of the times they go, what's next? Or like, what am I doing now? Or like, ah, and and for me, I've been really grateful that Things didn't happen sooner, and also that I have a lot to look forward to.
1: Yeah. At a good age, because I feel right. like, you know, there are people that we've seen in the industry that are very young and they already mm-hmm. have all the success. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, what are you doing when you're 30? All right. You know, like, and maybe, I mean, their journey will be their own journey, yeah. their own growth. But thinking more so about people that we've talked about too, about people that have already won a Grammy and mm-hmm. the day after the Grammys are like, well, what now? yeah it's like well you gotta keep you gotta do what you love that's what that's what it's worth you know doing if if it's something that you love but you you know we were saying before about looking at other people's journeys and looking at how their success kind of differs from like your success or our success whatever is someone said this their day and it like stuck with me where they gave an example of a candle and it's like how many candles do you have in your house like you have probably like 10 candles right oh, or whatever five candles yeah. i have a lot of candles yeah. and so when you light one candle and you light another candle the flame of one candle doesn't take from the other Whoa. and it's so true it's like each candle has a different scent each candle has a different wick each candle mm-hmm. like lights differently or smells different, whatever it is but they don't take away from the other candle they both have their importance like they both yeah. have their value like ever since I heard that I was just I haven't stop thinking about it. I have so many candles I always like them and I'm like, I like all of them. Yeah. And each one gives me something that the other one doesn't. And each one is as important as the other one. And they're both they were both lit, you know, they're <laughs> both bright and they're both yeah. doing what they're what they have to do. And I think about that now with people and their careers. Wow. And it's so true. It's like everyone is like their own candle. Everyone has their value, their importance, their flavor, their smell, whatever it is. And they're meant on they're meant to be here for that. They yeah. they have their purpose. Oh, I love they that. don't take away from someone else.
0: I love that. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. I definitely found myself comparing my journey to a lot of people. It's
1: really important to remember, is like remember that you just you have your own journey, your own person cuz also like you'll you'll just never have the same exact path as someone right. like if you really take all of the artists that are on the billboard charts right now mm-hmm. if you all sat them down in a room mm-hmm. and you asked them about their journey not one person have the same story not as the at other. all not one there's 200 people on the billboard charts <laughs> 200 bands 100 songs whatever they all will tell you a different story yeah so why is it that when we look at someone else we're like we need to do that right or like you know what i mean we we need to try to like get to that room yeah. or try to get to that person it's like just do what you love yeah things will fall into place take action mm-hmm. be a good person mm-hmm. like have that inspiration and that like that little thing that keeps you driven
0: yeah
1: don't give up but also don't don't like you don't have to do anything that anyone else did. You just got to you just got to do your own thing.
0: Yeah, totally. That took me some time to really embody like that yeah. energy of being myself. And there's still times where it's hard. Oh, 100%. Cuz there's so much chatter.
1: And there's a lot of social media now.
0: That's true. Like we said, yeah.
1: Because at least with our generation, we I mean, we had start of social media but i feel like lately the generations after us are the ones that are like going through these changes of these new apps and have all this like comparison all this constant creativity this constant like putting things out and being seen and having to create and so i think it's a little harder now but just keeping that in mind i think is important so now that you've been in la you Mm -hmm. have the success that you've had and you're putting out your own music and you're working with people that you feel really aligned with. Mm-hmm. What do you feel is your next step?
0: So, okay. That's a interesting one. Cause I have goals that I guess are music and business related, but what I really, really want to do now is just enjoy every moment and enjoy the journey. Whenever I have a song idea, I want to make it, if it's for myself, if it's for others. Whenever I'm inspired to work towards something, I want to take action there. I'm not the type of person that can plan too far ahead, so I like to be very like spontaneous in the moment about certain things, and I want to just keep doing that. I. I've been working on a lot of Alessia's new music and I'm really excited because this music that we've been creating is just, it's so us. So that's why we're really excited about it, but it still feels very, um, you know, like it's still, there's still familiarity that we don't feel like it's so bizarre, but we feel like it's so her and her sound and style and her voice that that feels important. I want to channel that energy every day. I've been less scared the last few months. This last year taught me that I've been, because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. We, we we used to take going out to a restaurant for granted. We used to take going to movies for granted. We used to take going bowling for granted. Mm. And we learned last year, like, oh, I really want to do that. When it gets taken away from you, you realize how good you had that. And Every day for me now, I'm not as scared. I'm not thinking like if I buy a pair of shoes or if I buy some food I really enjoy that that I'm not going to be able to do that again later. I'm just like, I'm grateful that I can do it now.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's a really great way to live.
0: Yeah, that's how, that's how I've living. <laughs> I have been live. I want to keep doing that, so that's yeah. my goal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. What about um, – I usually ask two questions, but mm-hmm. – I'm gonna ask it to you in a little different way. That I'm mm-hmm. gonna try to, try to ask it differently now. What do you feel like is your biggest win so far?
0: Oh, I love this part because <laughs> I, I listen to this podcast, so I love the failure one because I've been trying to think about that one because there's so many. are <laughs> right? The biggest win. Oh man, like, do we want to say like on a very like tangible like
1: whatever you feel is like your win? It I could be like... tangible or not.
0: I feel like the biggest win for me has been recently just discovering or rediscovering my own self and being like unapologetically me without harming or affecting other people negatively. Like I want to continue to just be me because that energy that I've uh, like kind of been building up, just being myself has helped me just (laughs) live like, even, like, happier, make better music, and to me, I feel like it's the biggest win to, like, put the, put out my EP, because even though it's, like, the least numbers out of everything on my discography, it has just created this new energy that's, like, inexplainable, I know it's probably not the answer that no, we all like hearing. No, lo- I. love you. Want to hear the answer. the song that I like? <laughs>
1: no, I I'm actually like millions, and millions of streams. I actually think this answer was a thousand times better.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: What do you feel is your biggest failure? now You want to answer this question?
0: Yeah. So I've thought about it a lot since I knew I was coming on here. So okay, there are so many, and not to be like cynical, because apparently like cancer sons are cynical in nature there's so many failures that I think a lot about the failures but in order for growth like I see it like to learn and grow better yeah but I think my biggest failure was the biggest failure slash lesson was letting go of me being an artist because I really saw it one way I saw it you had to have press photos you had to have music videos they had to be a certain way they had to sound a certain way you had to have a certain voice you had to write about certain things and I let my, like, true who I am go. And I feel like that was my biggest failure, chasing the stability and money, thinking very logical. That I feel like that day or that week that I made that decision, subconsciously, because I, didn't, I wasn't aware of it, it kind of just, I kept going. It's almost like I was on autopilot. I think that was my biggest failure, for sure.
1: Wow. I'm so happy you were on this podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm happy to be on Thank it. you
1: for being here. Thank you. Tell people where they can find you, your music or oh, right. your socials, anything that you want to share that you want people to know about too.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. I love the
1: podcast. <laughs>
0: um,
1: thank you for listening.
0: I I M I S A A C V on Twitter and Instagram, and I think SoundCloud, Um, Isaac Valenzuela on Spotify, Apple, Tidal, YouTube, and that's, I don't know, I don't really have anything else to say other than I'm happy to (laughs) leave.
1: I'll have everything linked below, but thank you so much again for being here, and I can't wait to listen to your story. I love your story, so this will be really great. Thank you. I told you he was really freaking cool. Here are the takeaways from Isaac's episode. Number one, you learn it from the experience of doing it. Number two, artistry is a process. It's not what people think. Number three, always read the fine print. Number four, you gotta name what you want. How will people know if you don't tell them? Number five, forget about the pressure of being the most successful. Just do it for fun. Number six, the industry will make you feel like you need to do things a certain way and if you don't, that it won't work. That's not true. Number 7. Channel your artist energy and see what opportunities it brings you. Number 8. Love the failures. Creativity is endless. Number 9. Feelings can guide you to the doors that feel better for you to open than the things you think about and try to force. Number 10. It's impossible to have the same journey as someone else, so own yours. Number 11. Tomorrow isn't promised. Don't take today for granted. And number 12, being yourself lets you live a happier life. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. It really brings me so much joy to do this every single week. And although I've missed a few episodes in the past few weeks, I'm moving to Spain and I have not been I have not been able to stop. I've just been packing, moving, selling my stuff, trying to figure out the best and most efficient way to move across country first because I'll be in Miami first for a few days and then move to Spain but I'm very excited if you want to follow along my insta is at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez that's also where you can send me any dms with any recommendations of people that you want to hear on the podcast or if you have any feedback I would really appreciate anything you want to talk about lastly I had this idea the other day where I felt that Sometimes I really want to have people be a part of the podcast that aren't necessarily on the podcast. So I thought of doing an Instagram live with the person that is featured every week. So for example, Isaac is this week and I thought, why don't I do an Instagram live with him? And that way you guys can ask him any questions after listening to the episode. So I think we're going to do it on Thursday. So this Thursday, the 9th, September 9th. I will let you guys know the time on my Instagram, so make sure you're following me there and that you are aware of that whole situation. And I'm really excited about this. As always, you can find all the show notes below where you can find Isaac, his music, any links that we talked about, and even the little write-up I do for every episode. You can find all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you guys next week. Ciao!